Welcome to the Pedagogy Podcast brought to you by the Bristol Institute of Learning and Teaching. Each week we look at a different piece of the pedagogy pie and see how we can inspire exciting new practice at the University of Bristol. We hope you enjoy this slice of teaching and learning engagement. Um, my name is Louise Housen. I am a lecturer in academic development in the Bristol Institute for Learning and Teaching. And today I am joined by Hadi, who is going to tell us all about programme level assessment. So first things first, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, Hadi? Hello, thank you, Louise. My name is Hadi. I'm a senior lecturer uh, in the School of Civil and Aerospace and Mechanical Engineering, and I'm associated uh, in the Department of Mechanical Engineering. My my background is engineering with management, so that's what I teach and uh, what I do. Uh, I have a, a PhD in engineering and also an MBA in engineering, so I've always been fascinated by the interdisciplinary of these topics together. Now I am the program director for the engineering with management program. Could you summarise what you think the key messages which came from your reading into programme level assessments? The literature is really quite rich in terms of the uh, programme level assessment. And if you read in the literature, uh, you will always find that, you know, programme level assessment has been approached as being a very positive on the student experience. And it's always has been looked at as, as, as a way to transform uh, the student experience. So... Really, um, that's how I started looking at it positively and always encouraged me to start with the excitement of understanding the structure of assessment within a program as a kind of like really the driven from the literature. It always talks about how you map the, uh, the assessment along the whole of the program. How do you have a structure around it? How you have a mix of assessment and ensure there is a, both a summative and formative assessment that comes uh, through the uh, the program in order to ensure, of course, the intended learning outcomes of the program and the units, but also to deliver on uh, the skills as much as possible. But also there is um, a lot of talk in the literature around the quality of the assessment and how does it really provide if you like, the employers of the assurance and the credibility of, of our graduate in a one sense, uh, how do we actually ensure that when we say this graduate has attained or achieved these ILOs or these skills at a program level, that essentially we are having a major and a decision through an assessment that really contribute to this. And that's really what the program level assessment is trying to achieve in in some of its areas. But of course, the topic is quite big. So I'm just really going to focus on that for now. Yeah, I'm already thinking about all the ideas about authentic assessment and, and things like yeah. that in terms of, of practice. So yeah, this is quite a large, large area, definitely. Can you tell um, us more about the model of program level assessment you applied within your program? Yeah, thank you very much for asking uh, about the the way that we implemented them. Let me start by saying that the program level assessment that we applied in our program is a little bit different from what you see in the literature. As in the essence of it, it integrates three units in one uh, place for, for assessment. But before I go deeper into this, there is uh, an important uh, thank you for collaboration and for my both of my colleagues who are Professor Chris McMahon, who was one of the key drivers also behind uh, the idea, and uh, I worked with him quite closely, and also Professor Julian Booker, who was also part of the team who contributed, and we worked all together to actually generate, you know, the force behind this because this is really 
a place where without the collaboration of team, it wouldn't really work. So a big thank you for them to start with and for their support for me as a, as a program director. But really the uh, BLA approach that we have is different in the sense that we are trying to create a truly integrated mechanisms for the students to experience the interdisciplinarity and the knowledge in one space. And that's probably one of the probably key problems that we're trying to achieve through this, all right, is that the students need to understand that the knowledge is not modular in the way that we really do it. And the way traditionally we've been assessing students is that you get this unit, you get the knowledge, you are having two types or three types of assessment depends of assessment that's summative or formative and then you finish, you, you know, if you pass it, you got the unit accredited for you. But that's not really mimicking the real world as soon as they go out. I mean, even before they start, you know, they go for employability and the employers sometimes, you know, put them in a conditions where they mimic in a project or a smaller project and what they want to see is they can work together with different people from different fields. And that's straight away a test for our graduates on that sense. So we wanted them to experience that rather than assessing them on that as such. And that's the most important driver for us. So what we did is we looked at three key units for our program. So our program has three pathways. And these three pathways has got infrastructure system, intelligent manufacturing, and energy for sustainability. So by design and default, we actually an interdisciplinary program by the type of the students we get. So now for the teaching block one, they're going to meet all together and they're going to be studying together. In teaching block two, that's where they go into specialization. So that's the opportunity in teaching block one, where we teach them three key units, engineering, design, and technology, led by uh, Professor McMahon. And then uh, we have uncertainty and risk management, which is led by Professor Pulker. And then myself, where I uh, lead the unit for strategic business management for engineers. Now, each one of these units has its own intended learning outcomes, but we borrow from these intended learning outcomes of these three units. So, for example, the new design and technology, around 50%. And when we say 50%, it doesn't mean six, that means three. You know, if, you know, they could be five, right? Uh, but what we're saying is around the 50% of the, uh, and that's talking about deeper assessment, if you like, rather than the uh, threshold assessment, right? So 50% from engineering design technology, 30% from business, uh, strategic business, and 20% from uncertainty and risk management. And we create a piece of work where the students need to deliver on a global challenge project. Now, that's where it starts to get interesting because let's, let's finish on, on what's, what we are doing before we go into the idea behind it. And now what we have is the, uh, the assessment now coming into one place. We assist the student or by using a consultancy like report. So they have to deliver on consultancy projects uh, for delivering sustainable development goals. And we give the students a problem that is quite complex. The problem itself is not defined and the solution is not defined. So the first thing they have to do is frame the, the problem. And that's a very different experience from them. So we're preparing them for what we call real-world uh, experiences. And after that, the marks from this uh, global project return back into the units and feed back into the three units. 
And that's where the feedback goes into, into there in terms of marking and in terms of achievement of ILOs. And that's the interesting part because that's where your actual assessment, your actual learning feed to actually be assessed and appear in your unit assessment and individually at the same level. And that's what makes it quite interesting. So is that a group project that you're expecting your students to do? I'm really loving the the idea of almost you collaborating in order to produce this. And then, of course, you're almost modelling the behaviour that you want your students to do. Because, of course, you in collaborating, making sure that this is authentic, making sure that this is something which the students can really aspire to. You've gone through the process in a way. So you can really see that in your students, which is excellent to hear. And also we have one thing that's quite important is the way that we support this project because that's where we have 12 weeks. So roughly, I'm not going to go into exactly, but roughly around, you know, six, six, let's say, six times where the students has to meet on their own individually together uh, and then six times where they actually appear in the class. But when they appear in the class, three of us appear as well. And what I have noticed is it create a completely different dynamic. First of all, the students can call in two expertise in one time. Uh, there was times where uh, there have been questions that, had you in your unit, you do this, but in this unit, we do that. And I remember once, actually, I called my colleague, you know, to say, uh, can you please come along here and can you let us have a conversation around this disagreement, you know, from the student's point of view, obviously. And then actually over the talk, the students has clarified their understanding, but they had both of us there. So the interesting thing is they have all the expertise in one place and they see that how we uh, think and how we understand the complexity of the knowledge becoming in one one place. And it's a very, very different dynamic to the class. I imagine that must be so fulfilling for them as well to kind of see the fact that you're thinking in different ways and you might go about problem solving in different ways. And of course, as you were saying, you've got quite a fuzzy problem that they have to define and therefore there's quite a fuzzy answer. So all of this and then plus seeing the fact that there's different ways to approach it must be really, really beneficial to them and the fact there isn't the quick fix in terms of problem solving. So that's really, really great to hear. This kind of links to the next question. So we've kind of talked about employability, we've thought about the skills they want. So was there a specific problem that you'd noticed that you were trying to fix here by doing programme level assessments? First of all, we have this challenge that's coming up to us quite a lot. We need graduates who are capable of understanding the complex world more and more than before. And engineering before, they were more and more towards technically technical knowledge focus. What we want now, the students, is to move away from technical knowledge focus and become still strong and strength in their technical, but with awareness of the sustainability and their impact. Right, because your solution might be local, but your impact could be global. And we have seen this many times where actually your solution that you do might impact someone else somewhere, you know, completely over the, the globe. So we need to our students to understand the extent of their behaviors. And that's really inspired by the report from the UNESCO 2021 report, which is really about curriculum developments towards engineering for sustainable uh, developments and SDGs. And in that report, you will see a framework for the curriculum development where they actually define 
the way forward is to go for complex problems where there's the solution and the problem is not there and it's actually uh, require interdisciplinarity and require also rethinking structurally of your program to change the way that you deliver it so that's the first thing what we need we need to create more engineering who are aware of their impact on the environment the second thing is which is extremely important is that the students sometimes in the traditional way they go through the program but they do not really have a real opportunity for integrating the knowledge until actually they probably reach their dissertation or probably at the end they start to say you know some assessment might say to them okay draw in your learnings and that kind of things while this one is a front-loaded abilities to experience that and take them through if you like the challenge of mentally thinking about even defining their own problems and and actually defining their solution, which is very, very different. So, you know, putting that in front, that's extremely innovative in the way that we bring that to the students at the start. And that changed the way they learn on the way, as they go into their specialist units. And obviously, the final point is around skills and around employability. What we want is to integrate that in an authentic way, as well as being authentic assessment, but authentic, practical-based problems, delivering on real-life like uh, situations. And that really where students develop their thinking, their verbal, their knowledge, and all of that. There is a side thing that you notice in that space that your student become a resource. A knowledge resource and I like the idea and I wasn't sure about it before but now I think I am a strong believer in it because I've seen places where the students uh, they bring their experience from industry I've got, we've got students who have been three or four years of experience and actually because although that we ask the students to deliver on the units there are actually no limits you can actually bring your own knowledge and strengthen your work out or outcome right uh, and they start to teach their colleagues or the team about that tool and amazingly i've seen amazing work and amazing exchange of knowledge and even sometimes we learn from the students i've been in the places where students prove to me that actually what i was thinking is the right advice is not the right advice and they bring the evidence and i accept it so it becomes me vulnerable and becomes a students is a source of knowledge and that is absolutely amazing but you have to be ready for that sort of uh, student challenge if you like but if you are if you are open for that and you are really wanted to bring the the students centered into the education and the learning experience i think we need to start thinking differently and probably i would say there's many different ways but that seems to be doing the trick yeah, for us. <laughs> definitely. I think I think that's that's an excellent kind of view there of looking at how students can bring in their expertise, but also know that you're fallible as well in the fact that you don't have to know everything all of the time. You don't have to have the answers on the tip of your tongue as soon as somebody has asked you a question. You have to go through the process. You have to review, you have to evaluate and have to think for yourself in terms of your practice. And it's lovely to hear that your students are learning from one another. Um, which I think is really, really excellent. It is, sounds lovely. Um, are there any other benefits of this model that you have noticed? So we've really talked about collaboration. We've talked about real-world problems. Is there anything else which you have come across in terms of the benefits? One of the things that also I do in the program is a skill development. Uh, so I bring the skills down to the students on a program level. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much details of that, but really what, a, what this project, because it's a big project and an interdisciplinary project, it brings them a place where they can experience the skills 
and hence evidence the skills. So I do ask them through that model to evidence the skills. And when they evidence the skills, what happens is that when they go to their jobs, they have really real life examples from their education, but that real example is 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 a real life linked as well. And that is a fantastic place uh, where where by the end of it, students actually can demonstrate what I am actually started with saying the challenge of not just learning outcome, but competences and skills outcome that's really integrated in a very inherent way and smooth way in the program. So that's that's one of them. There is indirect benefit, and it depends how you define it, how you believe in it, and probably that will create a bit of debate, but let's, let's talk about it. Is is the notion of decolonization of the curriculum. Because we, when we talk about Global Challenge Project, we ask the students to bring the solution from uh, developing countries, and these are list of countries. There's a list of them. We all know it. They have to choose from it. And suddenly what you will have is always there's someone from the group who was there, right? And I've seen it where now... These students who were from that place, we call them international students, right? But really, are they? Because now they are the local students, right, for that experience within that project. So suddenly, that local students become the lead and what we call home or other students, all in the other side of it. And also, it stops us from just bringing our own examples and our own, you know, view of the world and allow them to actually form the solution from the experience of the people. So that is really fantastic. And I had students who actually took an ethical approval just for that global challenge project and collected data from the local people in order to feed into framing the problem and framing the story behind it and frame the solution, which again shows you that what we talk about is that driving uh, a different perspectives and respecting uh, the solution for any sustainable development group for the people, from the people, if you like, you know. So it, it depends how you look at it, but it's indirect benefit as well, you know, for, for the students to stand there as the leading students. So it's good to have your students listening to other perspectives, other voices, and, and then opening up their minds. Like you are opening up your mind to having more students and, and having, having more student voice, I suppose, within your sessions. You're getting them to open up their ears to other voices, other perspectives, which can only be a positive thing when it comes to problem solving. The more perspectives that you have, the more different ways that you can solve a problem, which is lovely to hear. Um, so in terms of implementing programme level assessment, did you come across any challenges that you'd like to kind of share with colleagues if they were going to take on this kind of a project? Yes. One of the most important ones is, is understand the university system. There are going to be challenges. It depends where you are applying it and under what circumstances. Uh, so make sure that you speak to stakeholders, uh, your administration system, your quality people and all that because you will face some, because this is a non-traditional way of doing things. But we were able to reach a solution and the universe support us and, and the system supports you at the end because that's what's is very important. So do have that conversation because you might need to think differently a little bit from what you try to achieve. So that's one. The other one is there is a need for uh, the unit directors to have a very deep uh, conversation about their, their knowledge, about the links between them, and one of the key things in when and where the knowledge will appear in the unit. 
The good thing about this project, because as I said, it's a complex project, which means the problem is unknown, uh, the solutions are unknown. Uh, we kind of like introduce it in the first week and they have to start working on it from the second week. But really, uh, you know, you can think about the first three up to four even that are still in the stage of framing the problem. So you have an advanced, you know, space where you can actually introduce quite good knowledge to the students. So by the time they come into the fourth week, that's, you know, or say fifth week around that period, you already have introduced to them some concepts, some thinking, so that they start to explore the potential directions of solutions, right? And start to link all together. By the time you are in the middle of the unit and start to move probably in the week seven, eight, you know, the knowledge start to feed, you know, into that. And of course, as I said, you know, the talk between is. So that's that's very important. The other thing is, crucial is thinking about your assessment and marking matrix you know how are you going to mark something that complex how are you going to mark something that is delivering your three units so you need to move away from that marking criteria where before it was a very unit focus and go into what I call is an outcome focus. So it's about the discussions, about the criticalities, about the justification, and what can go on and on. And that matrix is actually, I would myself and with my colleague, we did a lot of full matrix. And that full matrix include every band on what does it really mean and even what the differences between them in adjective way, if you like. You know, so the students can clearly see the difference in the band and what they are actually measuring against. And it doesn't need to be a long list. It, it needs to be a list that really demonstrates the deeper knowledge and the skills that you're trying to achieve in your program. So there's a bit of a specificity to it. So that's a second challenge. I would say the third and most important is do not forget that the students are not equal in the sense not all of them has got the same abilities, the same skills. So you need to ensure that you are supporting all the students to get along with that initial stage. Uh, because you will see that probably the majority, if I would say sometimes all the students will come to you. Wait a minute, you know, we used to, you know, are given a problem. And I'm so, I mean, even if the problem is a little bit fuzzy, but we have the problem, we know where we're going. This one is literally, we don't have the problem. So I'm asking you almost to frame your own kind of, of course, we have a boundaries for that. So we, we give them a report, you know, to read and give them a framework. So this is a very much defined in the sense of a low carbon transportation. And we give them a, a report from a consultancy company, which is about 25 pages they have to read so there is a framing but really it's not you know the thing that's so you have to ensure the support mechanism is there but as i said to you because the three of us appear that really give us quite good resource utilization so remove that pressure on the staff because we three are there and it does you know and we can do it in, in a very good way so i think there are probably other challenges, but probably I would say these are my three top ones when I talk to my colleagues or when I talk about this, that comes always as questions. So I would say, you know, these are my top three. <laughs> yes, lovely. And it's really interesting just to hear you talk about things like the, the marking matrix, so therefore working together on that in terms of practice, but also sharing that with the students, which I hope would help them with that kind of real uncertainty because obviously you're kind of opening them up to a fuzzy problem that they have to try and create boundaries for. So giving them something which is really clear and defined in terms of, and this is how you're going to be assessed, probably 
goes a little way to making them feel slightly less anxious mm. about it. Absolutely. And also keep the conversation with them that we are not looking for uh, the solution. We don't need even sometimes to agree with you. But the point here is what is your justification? What drives your solution? What drives that thing behind uh, your approach, right? And what I want to see is a series of justification and links that's logical and driven by the themes of the program, but also the knowledge of the units. And that's what we're looking for. Thank you very much, Hadi. Um, just before we go, is there anything else that you want to add about program level assessment? Anything that you feel that we've missed? The only thing that I would like to add is to communicate with my colleague the, the benefits in terms of the students' words. You know, I just want to share a couple of things that what the students says about it. You know, the students enjoy the, the program level assessment to an extent where they think it's the feature of the program, right? I'm just going to read one of them here. Uh, it's been interesting to see how the techniques learned in lectures can be applied in a real-world application to deliver high-quality results. Some other students, they say, bringing tough material to life, <laughs> you know, which is really, really fantastic. And when you talk to the students, even the students who do not do a flying, you know, project, when you ask them, would you do that again? Well, they say, yes, we will do that again. You know, so the students enjoy that part of it. And also from our student examiners, they say that this is an example of an exemplary project because it really designed a holistic way of integrating the knowledge. So I really encourage people to think about it and we will be happy to support anyone if that's, but it's a, it's a fantastic way to think about integrating the knowledge. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Hadi.